What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. Welcome, everyone, to Who Pods the Watchmen, a comprehensive HBO Watchmen television show companion podcast. We are Mike and Grant. I'm Grant. I'm Mike. And we're recording over Skype. So Grant, Grant's going to sound like garbage, and I'll sound pretty good. <laughs> Am I sounding like garbage? No, you sound fun. I mean, even if I was on a good mic, I'm going to sound like garbage. <laughs> it's just, that's just how it goes with my voice. The potential is there. We uh, are super excited to talk about the new trailer that just came out for, from Comic-Con. So we had to rearrange our schedules and do a Skype call just so we could talk about this. Mike, when this came out, I know that you saw it before I did. You were already texting me. You're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, check this out. What you what'd you think? What did you think overall? I think it's great. It seems like the show um, was kind of comparing it to the teaser trailer we got about a month ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we talked about the teaser trailer, we both thought the show, even for a, you know, a a show about Watchmen, which is this huge, expansive uh, tome with this, this great world building in it that we thought the preview trailer looked kind of like the show is going to be kind of small in scale. Right. But I got the complete opposite reaction watching this, this full-blown trailer. This thing looks – it looks really huge. It looks like a big spectacle. Definitely spectacle. Uh, I yeah. think there will still be something a little bit more um, insular in, in scale regarding that it's it's going to all take place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I think we see little snippets here or there of – um, like a scene in Washington, D.C., or where Adrian Fade is, or uh, a glimpse or two of Mars, even. But I think, for the most part, the the driving uh, thrust of the show, at least for this first season, is going to take place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But even with that, even with that, the uh, the this trailer looked a lot more superhero-y, action-oriented, um, but not in a bad way, not in a Sorry, people. Not in a Zack Snyder kind of way. Um, it was definitely Lindelof um, showing us what he does best, which is introducing us to some pretty intriguing characters that are going to have a very intriguing backstories. But there was also so much um, action spectacle going on. It was a great mix of, you know, what you see from a lot of superhero movies nowadays with the spectacle aspect and what Lindelof does best, which is... Um, just create those those mystery box mysteries and give us those intriguing characters with backstories that are so dark and compelling. So it seems right. pretty on brand for Watchmen and for Lindelof. Right. I, I, I think you're dead on about like this doesn't feel like Zack Snyder. It also doesn't feel like Marvel's approach to superheroes. It might feel a little bit more in line with some of the stuff DC has done. But even then, it I, I don't know. I mean, I might compare it mostly to um, like Marvel's uh, Netflix series. It feels a little bit yeah. more like a little bit like street level gritty for some of this. Um, yeah, it definitely does feel that way. More, 
Yeah, with a mature tone kind of akin to that. But I think this will probably be a little bit more elevated. Yeah, it will be. And it has that it has that greediness that you get from the uh, Marvel Netflix shows. But um, you also get this mystical element floating throughout, not just in the Dr. Manhattan references that are littered throughout the trailer. But uh, there's images of the squid everywhere. You know, the more <laughs> mystical elements of Watchmen are there. And we'll yeah. get into that a little bit. There's there's squid like um, falling from the sky. Um a la Magnolia and the Frogs. So that, that that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I love when Lindelof steers into the weird. I mean, with The Leftovers, we had, of course, International Assassin, and then we had uh, the Lion's Sex Cult Boat Party. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's not afraid of um, going really peculiar with some of this stuff, and it looks like we're going to get that here as well. Um. Do you want to kind of talk about this, like uh, linearly, like what what we see in here? Yeah, I I'm guessing that you have a lot of theories uh, about what's going on. I'm not the theory guy, so I'll leave that to you. But just in case there's any confusion, we are talking about the trailer that debuted um, at Comic Con 2019, um, the biggest, uh, most in depth look we've look that we've seen at the uh, at the new Watchmen show from HBO and. It was pretty cool. They didn't unveil it like in a Marvel fashion. They didn't have a big Hall H panel for the show. Mm. Um, they just kind of dropped it. And there were a lot of Watchmen activations throughout Comic-Con. We weren't there, but I was following everything on Twitter and Insta. Um, but they didn't have a huge panel for the show, which I thought was interesting. Maybe because, you know, they're done filming. There were so many stars. All the stars of the show are doing so many other projects. Right. Um, you know, who knows? why they didn't have a panel, but they just sneakily dropped the trailer and it was uh, one of the highlights for of Comic-Con, at least of the news coming out of Comic-Con for, for everybody. It was just such a huge thing. It's such a good, rich trailer and the biggest look we've seen at the show so far. It's pretty exciting. It definitely feels like it fits with um, what they, what the goals they have are. They have people talking about this show they had a little um, Dr. Manhattan uh, spiritual contact station booth or whatever that like uh, transformed oh, the you Dr. into Manhattan, yeah the Dr. Manhattan porta potty yeah <laughs> that, uh, you can you can <laughs> piss in and you can also tr- see yourself transform into Dr. Manhattan <laughs> uh, for a little Instagram uh, hashtag thing they had uh, little badges and little graffiti station they're handing out pins um, so all of that seemed. Like, it's a good way to have you talk about this upcoming show without revealing too much of what it is or having a Q&A where you feel like you're obligated to answer questions that maybe you don't want to answer right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, right. you know, I mean, this is Lindelof. He's dealt with loss. He's comfortable with dancing around and being evasive about certain questions. But also, this is Lindelof, and there's a bunch of people who have a bug up their ass about the guy and feel like he owes them certain things and mm-hmm. maybe him kind of laying low from event like uh, a toxic event like Comic-Con is a good call. Yeah, that that makes sense for him. Okay, so let's – you, you want to go through this? Yeah, uh, so it, it starts on um, an American hero story, this show within <laughs> a show, which is um, a obviously sensationalized um, documentary 
about the exploits of the Minutemen. It's the new t- television show du jour. And we, we open with thinking this is ac- um, actually our show we're watching until we realize this is the show that Looking Glass is watching on his TV. But it starts with the hood, hooded justice um, busting up a robbery in like the 40s that's going like a super high stakes looking heist of a grocery store <laughs> that he jumped <laughs> through a window to stop. It was like way over the top, all of it, and seemed pretty silly. Yeah. It was appropriately silly. It it got me thinking. Okay, this is a this might be an adaptation in the world of Watchmen. It might be an adaptation of Hollis's book. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, what like just money grubbing uh, heir of Hollis's shit like sold the TV rights to to his book and they made this shitty movie out of it. I think it was a perfect wink and a nod by Lindelof and crew to us, the audience of, oh man, can you imagine a, a shitty over-the-top adaptation, what that would look like of, <laughs> of the Watchmen universe? I can't imagine that. Because like, they recognize it. <laughs> like, they recognize that people had that issue with spiders, right? <laughs> I was going to say, we don't have to imagine it. It exists. Exactly. So they're, they're kind of uh, having their cake and eating it, too, by uh, making this, this joke of um, an over-the-top adaptation within this world. But also... Also catching viewers up to the mythology of the world, um, right? Most with that device, you know, uh, there's a meta layer to it, and then there's also a storytelling layer, which is great. So, um, I mean, in that line where that guy says, "Who are you?" <laughs> Justin goes, "Who am I?" If I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be wearing a mask. And I was like, "Oh, how fucking intentionally corny is that line?" <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I'm not so the hero you deserve. There are some elements of this show that seem like it's it's not only like paying an homage to certain things, but it's like overtly cribbing from the comic. Like we see Tim Blake Nelson's character, uh, what's his name? Uh, Looking Glass? He's, Looking he's Glass. watching this show and he's chilling in a bathrobe, which seems very much like the comedian from the first um, issue of the the comic, watching TV in his bathrobe and eating food and kind of living like a little bit of a swab bachelor life. And he's also wearing his mask half over his face and eating what I, I would assume is beans directly out of a can, which is Rorschach. And I'm like, okay, this is you know, like for people like you and I who are reading the comic right now, it seems pretty over like over the top. <laughs> Yeah, that that first image we get of Looking Glass, you know, like you said, in the bachelor pad, kind of decked out like the comedian at the beginning of the comic, and eating a eating a can of cold pinto beans like like an insect, like Rorschach. That immediately called to mind what Lindelof said about his take on Watchmen that the show is going to be a remix of Watchmen mm. because you see these different signifiers of other characters that we know in a scene with just one character. So he's kind of pulling elements and uh, just signifiers of what we know as Watchmen characters and putting them into this new story and these new characters. I think uh, later we see uh, Tim Blake Nelson, or Looking Glass, rather, um, exit a storage shed, which it looks like maybe he's living out of a storage shed, which will play into what I guess is going on with the story of the relationship between the cops and the citizens and, 
in Tulsa as it exists as a microcosm of what's going on in, I'm, I'm guessing, at least the U.S. and maybe the world <laughs> right now. And Mars. Um, maybe Mars. And Mars. <laughs> maybe Mars as well. Um, when it cuts from that scene, we are now looking at Angela Abraham's character, Regina King's character. Um, and, well, she's like walking across the town. It feels kind of like a, a small, cutesy town akin to Miracle, Texas from The Leftovers. Um, where there's parades in the street. We see Dr. Manhattan paper mache. Maybe they're having a little festival in celebration of them now. Yeah, some kind of some kind of anniversary, maybe. Yeah, uh, but she's giving a, uh, a rough, hard knocks kind of talk to a little girl. Um, and I'm guessing this little girl is like the surviving member of uh, maybe one of the cops that's killed by the Rorschach cult. Yeah, I thought this might be her daughter. It could be her kid, but for some reason it felt more like she's saying this to someone else's kid because you see her and her husband standing with this girl at the um, at the funeral, and I was like, well, it could be a surviving member of like the funeral, and she's kind of like looking mm-hmm. after her, or it could be her kid. She has I some pretty harsh words. Uh, <laughs> her quote, her qu- her quote about everything being black and white was. A surprise to me because, you know, you see Regina King cast in in a show and just our, our, our initial thought when you see that is that she's going to play a, a warm, you know, more morally centered character. But that doesn't seem to be the case here. Maybe. Yeah. She seems to be a little bit more of a, a hardlining zealot in the vein of like uh rorschach i guess when you think of the comic series yeah or 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 even the comedian with how how black and white she is and how violent she gets which is strange right she has a code she sees things in stark black and white she is the the judge and jury of of right and wrong um and for a cop that can be dangerous you enforce the law. You don't um, <laughs> dictate the rules of it, <laughs> like altogether. I don't know. Um, I, I, I was kind of surprised by that take, but it, I'm wondering if what we're seeing is a little bit of um, of a flashback in time when we, we see all the um, police in the police department, and we have the the voiceover of um, Judge, the the head of the the police. Don Johnson's character saying like, Oh, we didn't see this attack coming when they came for uh, the police in their homes. And that's why we wear our masks. I'm wondering if maybe she didn't always have this, um, hardcore black and white perspective, but then she was attacked in her own home. And she's like, now I'm wearing the mask. Everything's black and white. And I know who the bad guys are. And I'm going to enact my own form of justice. Yeah. She does seem like a character that had a, a turn happen. And right. she is she is fueled by this potentially this dark tragedy that happened in her past and that makes her see everything in such black and white terms and such extreme terms. And maybe that's the story we're going to get or the character we're going to start out with. And maybe she'll slowly um, come back down to earth um, uh-huh. as the show goes on. Um, we'll see. We have this very brief shot of this newspaper 
being held up and then like turned down as she's walking across the street in the background of uh, Tulsa. And what's on the newspaper is very interesting. Uh, we have a couple different headlines. One says Vate officially declared dead. Another one talks about KKK vandalism forces Statue of Liberty closure. And a third <laughs> says Boise squid shower destroys homeless camp, kills two. Right. Uh, right. The first one, Vape officially declared dead. What did you make of that? Well, if Jeremy Irons is supposed to be Vape, um, he's in the trailer. So we could either be getting flashbacks to him before his death or there's a conspiracy happening and Vape has faked his death. Right. You know, it makes me wonder of uh, the initial script for Lost had um, the lead character, Jack Shepard, was going to be played by Michael Keaton. And yeah. the big fake out that they had planned was Michael Keaton is going to be in this new show, but they were going to kill off his character in the very first episode and then have um, Kate take over as the lead character of the show. And then they were worried that, that this would be um, too upsetting to the audience. Like, it'd be a, such a big twist. But uh, I wonder if they are going to have someone like Jeremy Irons be in this show and then kill him off in the very first episode. I would really love that because I haven't been too excited about watching Jeremy Irons play Adrian Vate as just an older, more secluded, but still pulling the strings and leading the conspiracies. That's just not a character I'm excited about seeing. I'm more excited about seeing someone who is street level on the ground and maybe conflicted and dealing with some kind of, you know, uh, relatable turmoil like Regina King's character looks like she is. Um, so, yeah, I hope we are getting something of a twist like that. Right. Like, I, I wonder if, uh, like, we see this brief scene of him riding his horse out, out in the countryside where he lives. We see him blowing out a birthday cake that he seems unenthusiastic about. And then he's, like, riding uh, at his horse, and there's this pirate flag on a, on a scythe by there. I wonder if, like, there's these warnings and, like, people came to assassinate him. And maybe, like, in the very beginning, we're going to see him get killed. He gets assassinated. And that might kick off a series of events. I don't know. Right. Um, in in the article, well, the article has, like, you know, gobbledygook or lorem it's some, like, dummy text. But it does mention that he's an industrialist and a political kingmaker. And I'm wondering if they might have him tied to the election of a particular actor to uh, president, <laughs> which we're, we're going to see because uh, there's this scene in the background. They have the presidents, some of the most important presidents, and our current president is none other than Robert Redford. Wow. I did not see that. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah. The president's no. Robert Redford. I wonder if Zate has a, a hand in making that happen. Um, it's also funny because there's a very uh, there's a small reference in the very end of Watchmen by the kid who gets the diary from Rorschach about Robert Redford maybe trying to become president or some joke like that. Mm. So yeah. the idea that he is actually it's kind of funny. Robert um, Redford as president. This is a future liberals want. <laughs> the dream is happening. <laughs> um uh, oh, yeah. So also in the paper, uh, they mentioned the KKK vandalism of uh, for, that forces the Statue of Liberty closure. 
the article itself, if you zoom in, is actually talking about the murder of two men um, who were former former circus clowns. So obviously, uh, unrelated <laughs> unrelated dummy text to the uh, headline. Um, but I guess they're trying to say that the KKK is is has risen back to being a prominent threat um, in this world. I mean, not that it isn't a threat in our world, but maybe not so prominent. Yeah. Do you think the KKK is the is the Rorschach cult? I could totally see it it donning a new mask that's Rorschach's mask. Yeah. And then uh, the Boise Squid Shower destroys homeless camp and kills two. Uh, I thought that was <laughs> that's <laughs> funny because there's more raining squids coming from uh, space potentially, which is a, a spoiler for a pretty big plot point in the comic book. Yeah, and we we see the squids raining down later on. On Regina King's car. Oh, what a great scene. That's going to be so <laughs> weird. Just so weird. Free um, calamari. There's also a little mention that the Maui coast had sold out. Um, there's a little graphic oh. of uh, one of the islands of Hawaii, Maui. It says Maui coast sold out. So I wonder what if there's any significance to this idea that people are buying up coastal land. I don't know. Oh, wow. Uh, that seemed pretty small relative to everything else, but uh, it did make note of it. Um, so we jump ahead and we could talk about the cops. They're watching the Rorschach cult on video. Clearly, we have like confirmation now that Rorschach's diary got out because these guys are straight up quoting from it. One of the, right. one of the most famous lines that they'll ask for help and, and we'll whisper no. For me, the I don't know, the, the Rorschach cult or whatever they are is not really pulling me into this. I'm more interested in, in the newer characters, even though these guys are new characters. There's just something about it that is threatening, sure, and I guess we need a we need an immediate threat. But it is Rorschach was never my favorite character, so it's just not pulling me in. Um but it does I mean they are obviously a credible threat that has kicked off um, all of this division between potential uh, mass vigilantes and the police and the people and the world, or at least the United States, seems to be fractured uh, so much uh, between the you know the the regular people, the mass cops, and the mass vigilantes, and it seems like it. That has happened because this cult uh, led this massive attack on police. Right. You know, I, I like that um, the creators are immediately making Rorschach, who is, you know, he can be heralded by some people who watched the movie and maybe even read the comic as a hero. He, his image is immediately being, um, uh, tied to basically the KKK or an alt-right extremist <laughs> like French group. Yeah. And it's like, he's a bad guy. His his followers are crazy alt-right zealots. They're, they're dangerous. They're attacking cops. This is, um, this is a credible, dangerous threat. His ideology. I, I love that. And the idea that, um, that is the catalyst for cops donning masks and like a new generation of cops taking, not just wearing masks, but taking it a step further and kind of some of them etching out their own defined personalities. 
like we see a guy that's all in in red. He almost looks like uh, the Flash. There's another guy wearing a panda head, um, and then there's a Looking Glass. There's a guy in an animal mask. Like there's, and then of course there's Regina King's character. There's all these right. these different like unique characters like being birthed out of uh, the ne- necessity for anonymity among the police force, and I think that's a, a really fun way to. Yeah, give birth to this new generation of superheroes. Yeah, it's going to be fun seeing what Lindelof and crew come up with in terms of not just the the characters in the show, but the characters that the characters make up for themselves. Their their uh, superhero or masked vigilante or their masked you know police force uh, identities. Uh, right. Like you said, they they all they all look really strange, but they all kind of um, going back to that remix idea that Lindelof dropped uh, several months ago. They all have signifiers of what we know uh, or what we remember from the original Watchmen comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's a cool vehicle for. Uh, uh, getting us this this remix, reboot, revisiting the world, sequel, whatever you want to call this show. We'll find out once it starts. Um, when we see the cops moving around this kind of warehouse-looking, um, maybe side cop installation where they're operating out of, there's this trailer that Looking Glass exits, and it looks like it's an interrogation trailer. We, uh, if you freeze a frame, you see like there's a video of this guy sitting there with like chairs facing each other. And I believe that we read in the character description write up that um, Looking Glass is a professional police interrogator. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool idea that kind of blends with the idea that he wears this reflective mask and faces the people he's interrogating, making himself a reflection of them. And I bet it gets creepy, disturbingly psychological manipulation with how he talks to people. And he's probably abusive. <laughs> I'm guessing he's a guy who, who gets his answers from people, but in, in a way that's, that's almost like um, uh, Dr. Jonathan Crane, uh, Scarecrow, maybe from, from Batman. Right. This is just my initial impression. I'm like, oh, I bet he's, he's going to be a little bit fucked up, where it's like, is he a good guy? I don't know. Is this the new bad guy that everyone thinks is a good guy for like Rorschach? <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be too on the nose. Maybe it's the other way Maybe. around. Yeah. You think he's going to be hard of gold? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be hard of gold in this show. Um, Gene Smart shows up. Gene Smart's been making the rounds on a bunch of FX shows, including uh, Fargo, and she's uh, recently in Legion. Uh, it's great to see her again here. She introduced herself as FBI agent Lori Blake. Now, when you heard that name, what did you think? I thought this is Silk Spectre, but it's strange that she is using the Blake name. Right. Because she, I mean, as we Ever find out in the Watchmen comic. Yeah, it's her father. Yeah. Exactly. We we find out that the comedian is her father, but she she I don't remember her coming to terms with that in a healthy way in the comic book because he was someone who 
attempted to rape her mother and was just a horrible person all around. And she hated him. And when she found out that the comedian was her father, she broke down and never really came to terms with it. So there's a reason. There there has to be a good reason for why she's using the name Blake if this is uh, Silk Spectre 2 uh, that we're seeing here. You probably have... You probably have some some crazy theories about this. I mean, not not anything in particular. Just the idea that um, maybe after all the uh, events unfolded, she needed to take on a pseudonym and kind of restart her life. And maybe there's a degree of self-loathing going on in her, mm. and so she changed, took on that last name as a reminder of like you know, um, this I'm is your dirty. ugly past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. This, your your past is ugly. Don't forget that. Um, that would maybe track. It's not an homage so much as a, a guilty remnant for yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, that would track. Um, and it, yeah, it, it, it it's great that Jean Smart is playing her. If this is Silk Spectre too, because that's a really important character to the world of Watchmen, and Jean Smart is pretty amazing. Angela Abraham comes across this old man in the woods that like, I'm like, is this the same, was this the same actor from um, the leftovers who like <laughs> knew more than he let on? And like, he seems to have this deeper understanding of, of the conspiracy. It's all this right. from uh, when, uh, uh, what's his name kind of stumbled upon him and the leftovers. But this guy's talking about like a vast conspiracy, which you were kind of mentioning earlier that there, maybe there is, more afoot with either Adrian Fate or some of these other players. Um, I, I mean, I didn't expect that we were going to get Silk Spectre in this. Me neither. Um, I, which leads us to believe, like, will we see Dan Dryberg pop up? Well, right before you jump into that, going back to the that character who mentions the conspiracy, uh, that's Louis, Louis Gossett Jr. Is it really? Yeah, from, uh, you know, Iron Eagle and Iron Eagle 2. Oh, Iron Eagle? Iron Eagle 3. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I haven't seen that guy since Iron Eagle movies. I know. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Louis Gossett Jr. Exciting. Yeah, and it's great Um, because I – Yeah. The the last thing I want from a Watchmen TV show is a character going, there's a conspiracy and it's dark. But if it's Louis Gossett Jr., I'll forgive it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I – I don't know necessarily what to make of that. We, we um, well, that's a little bit beyond what I want to speculate on right now. Um, yeah, we also see the uh, one of those Manhattan Doctor Manhattan contact booths in town in Tulsa uh, that that Laurie's standing next to, and this is what they had at Comic Con, which is oh, yeah. kind of cool. That there's this idea that maybe a religion is forming around Dr. Manhattan, this kind of worship of, the, of him. And there's these, I don't know, like not like prayer booths, but these like contact, like try and reach out and contact him mm-hmm. on Mars and go into this little booth to, to have some communion with him. Maybe it is kind of like a prayer booth, um, but it's got a great visual impact and it, it's weird and kooky. Yeah. It, it, it reminded me of a confessional, a Catholic confessional. Yeah, right. Uh, there's this scene that seems to come out of nowhere of this dude that's mostly naked. He's covering up his junk with like a hat, it looks like. And he's standing 
at the front of at the opening of like one of these little weird um circus uh booths of horror and he's uh looking into the street where all these dead bodies are laying around and I don't know what this is. I'm not, I wonder if this is a flashback to a bunch of people dying during uh, some big attack or some big event in the comic book itself, or if this is present day. I mean, everything like a circus or a, a, a town fair lends itself to being um, pretty timeless in, in visual appeal. Like, how it looked in the 50s is how it looks now still in a weird way. So I'm not sure what time period it is, but it looks bleak. Yeah, it's, it's hard to speculate on that, um, whether it's the fallout from the squid attack on the comic or whether it's the fallout from the Rorschach cult attacking uh, different targets. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's also this little flash to this like old-timey campground where there's like a, a can of probably chili cooking in a crock pot over top of a campfire like and it there's like this guy um kneeling over top of the body of someone else like maybe he killed this other person i'm i'm wondering like is this a flashback it it feels like a a western take on like the black freighter like there Mm. might be some western tale going on um, alongside this i don't know I i i saw that and i was like i don't know what this is is this Maybe a, a scene from that American Hero story. Oh, but that one definitely caught my attention. What would you think about getting a Black Freighter style side story running through the, this entire series? Is that something you want? I mean, it just depends on how they handle it. It could be something I absolutely love. But I, I also imagine that could be something very divisive for a lot of audience members. Right. Um, it feels like something that Lindelof would love to do and and it would be a big gamble and he would be okay with that. (laughs) Um, I, I just am curious about how it would play. Seems gimmicky if they do it. It'll happen. (laughs) Definitely will happen. We get a reference to, um, Louis Gossett Jr. Making a joke that he, maybe he's Dr. Manhattan and, uh, Angela Abraham says, uh, Manhattan's on Mars, and then cue the Bowie song. Right. Which takes us, like, through the rest of the montage building up, and it was just such a great beat. It is great because we've seen uh, no real Dr. Manhattan signifiers from the, you know, the previous trailer or teaser trailer or any of the images um, coming out of HBO's Watchmen show. So it was great that, you know, the last, like, third of this trailer is just teasing the return of Dr. Manhattan. And... I would be so down if Louis Gossett Jr. is Dr. Manhattan, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, man. That would be so awesome. Because we isn't just a joke, he straight up is. Yeah, because we've talked about how he can – Dr. Manhattan can take any shape he wants. He just kind of defaults to naked blue guy. <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr., I don't love it. There's this weird little scene. Uh, um, they watching the, uh, this meteor come down. Uh, strike the land, mm. and they're like, oh, is that Dr. Manhattan? Is that some other kind of weird meteor shape thing? Is that one of the, the squids from space? I don't know what it is. But we see this family looking at this scene, and one of the kids is wearing, like, this white robe with white gloves and has a straight-up Spock haircut. What? And, yeah, 
I'm looking at him like, is this kid dressed up as Spock? Are they like out for Halloween or something? And he's dressed in like some sort of costume, but it doesn't seem fitting with the rest of how the family's dressed. And I don't know what's going on with it. I just kept looking at like, why is this kid wearing little white gloves and a white, um, yeah, white little gown outfit? So he's a Star Trek and Leftovers fan? Guilty Remnant meets Spock? I can identify with that. That's great. <laughs> um, then we see uh, there's the footage of a, a like it looks more like a fan castle that was constructed on Mars. This is like overhead news footage being broadcast on the news of Dr. Manhattan walking around and it no longer looks like it's Crystal Castle. It looks like a sand castle and we see it all suddenly just like get fulfed, like it gets destroyed and then maybe Dr. Manhattan kind of looks up, but it's all this like fuzzy, grainy blue and it's hard to see. Um, I was thinking that maybe that also, was the beginning of a man-made building on Mars and he destroyed it. And he's like, nope, this is uh, this is my planet. Yeah, get off of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Get off Might my... have to come over there and yell you guys. Get off my lawn. Uh, in the Chiron on the, the news feed, it also mentions a man was robbed of a meatball sub at gunpoint <laughs> that they discovered water on Mars. And that an 18-year-old wins a $200 million jackpot. And I'm like, oh, is that Hurley? Is it going to have Hurley uh, <laughs> win the jackpot here? Is it going to cross the shows? Um, and then we see Judge uh, Don Johnson's character flying around in Archie, the night owl ship, and blasting through before like crashing into the ground. What up with that? You know, I've seen a lot of reaction online People thinking that this might Don Johnson might actually be playing Night Owl. He might be playing Dan. I don't know. Like he took on him and yeah. moved town. But I don't know. Everything we see from Don Johnson in this in both trailers, the teaser and the trailer, it's very un Night Owl-y. Like it just doesn't give me Dan vibes. And he he's crashing this ship. He doesn't know how to fly it. Right. He has charm. Was a Dan Driver? specifically doesn't seem to have in the comic and um yeah so i was like i don't know if i would buy into that theory it's possible that maybe lori blake somehow had the night owl ship and she brought it with her when she comes to investigate something in tulsa Mm -hmm. he ganks it i don't know like otherwise like it seems like a weird um confluence of, of of these original characters all um meeting in tulsa to me uh, I don't know what to make of it, but it was exciting to see the ship, and I hope that it fits into this narrative organically. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, everyone's, uh, you know, cocking their guns. There's big street brawls happening. Pigs are running through a building. Squids are running down. And then Vate says, nothing ever ends. And then we get the the outro that little snippet with the guy walking down the street and picking up the mask. And Mike, what did you make of that? I instantly thought, okay, Dr. Manhattan's going to be on the show. And this is a, a nice subtle way for him to return. Just coming home, walking around in a suit and witnessing the, 
how people have missed him and reacted to him in his absence. But it could be a massive redirect mm. or a massive misdirect. I'm not sure. What do you think? Uh, mixed thoughts because we see a blue hand. It doesn't seem like a blue glowing hand. Just a blue hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure, like, was it gloves? The lighting is dark. It could have been gloves. It could have been a painted hand. Um, is it him? Is it not? Are they just trying to make us think it is because he's reaching down to pick up the mask? It felt, it reminded me of um, the beginning of Dark Knight when the Joker picks up the Joker mask off the ground. Um, but we don't see his face yet we, until they wait for the reveal of right. him pulling the mask back off. Um, but uh, if that was Justin Thoreau being all hunky and walking down the street <laughs> picking up that mask, I am I'm down for it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Or Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that could be even better what did, what did you make of Regina King making that smiley face omelet in front of like a, a high school class or something did you see that yeah I, I don't know I mean I, I assume she is still a police officer unless like all the police are kind of operating um, in part time while they also like try and have a uh, a propped up fake real job. Right. So like that also throws people off the scent. Yeah. Um, so maybe in her spare time, she is also kind of like doing a little bit of a teacher gig or like TAing or something. Um, but I, I think it was just a, a cute way for them to have a, a little smiley face reference in the, in the trailer. Yeah. And like another, her crack, but her also another comedian signifier uh, coming from her, which yeah. is where I, I'd least expected it would, it would come from. Yeah, her and the comedian, um, her also breaking some eggs, the metaphor of her breaking some eggs right. you know, to achieve her means is like eating up bad guys in order to, you know, right wrongs. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only other thought I had. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be, I'm, I'm really excited for the, the show itself. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be extremely interesting. And... I, it might even be divisive. You know, this doesn't look like the Snyder movie, which a lot of people like. And then there's a lot of people who don't like that movie. Um, so I'm, I'm almost more um, intrigued by what the reaction is going to be to this series than the series itself. It feels to me, I, I mean, I'm still anticipating that this is going to have an audience much more akin to Westworld than Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think Game of Thrones is lightning in the bottle, and I, I'm sure they're wanting to capture that. But the visual appeal of this, it doesn't strike that chord for me that people are going to glom onto it the same way and get fanatical about theorizing like they were for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love it. Love it if they would. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely can't bank on that from what we've seen so far. But that said, this is right up my alley of what I like. So Me too. I'm completely on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're going to continue on talking about uh, dissecting the comic. Uh, you're not going to be on episode four, but I'm going to bring in my buddy Clay, who's going to uh, talk over that one with me. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um and yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'm just excited to see what else they start putting out more and more. We got a release date. It's coming out in October now. October. Okay, we have some time. Okay. 
We got some time. Did we just get the month or yeah. the a firm date? Just the month. Okay. Right now. Yeah. It's, it's more firm than fall. <laughs> so <laughs> That's they're true. narrowing in. That's true. Um I did want to say to you listeners, thank you guys for checking this out. If you guys notice anything in particular about the trailer, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You guys can hit us up on social media. Um, we are Who Pods the Watchmen on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can go ahead and check us out over there. You can also go check out our site, Who Pods the Watchmen. Please go and subscribe to this show. And if you want to help support us, we would love the support. You can go to patreon.com slash Who Pods the Watchmen. Give us a buck or two per episode that we put out. You only get charged if we put out content, and hopefully it's content that you guys are enjoying. And we hope that you guys continue with us on this hype train as we build up to the premiere of this upcoming show. Mike, anything else to add? No, I'm just really excited, and I know we'll be continuing the going through the original comic um, over the next mm-hmm. several weeks, maybe months. And I'll be popping in and out on those episodes. I know you're going to be doing some with Clay as well, so that'll be fun. And I just can't wait for this show to drop so we can cover it every week. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back. 